Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. A seven nation army couldn't hold me back. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World Podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me today, I got Kev and Alex. And, you know, we're coming off of a loss against Denver last night. Chances are y'all already heard about it by now. And I know some people are kind of pissed off. We're going to dive into it. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it, bro. And we were saying this on before we started recording. Even though we lost that game, I'm still kind of encouraged because despite the fact that we was playing some nasty hoops for a big part of the night, we only lost by six points, bro. And I saw that throughout social media. People was mentioning, like, we're only down five and yet da-da-da-da-da is going on, bro. And that's true, man, because I don't know about y'all, but there was multiple times in this game where I almost ripped the hair out of my head because... (laughs) We were out there making the most questionable moves on the floor, and I was getting pissed off with it, and it would have been nice to get the win because, of course, this is against a team that did take us out in the finals last year, but it is what it is. I'm not going to stress about it too much because at the end of the day, like, the last time we won in Denver in a regular season game, that is was back in 2016, which is kind of insane to think about. Like, we literally elected two whole different presidents since then. You know, like, we're talking about the Obama administration the last time we won a game in Denver. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say Denver is Alcatraz, but it was basically like that for the Heat, and it's been that way for quite some time. Um, You know, we also didn't have, you know, the best type of performance you would want to see from guys like uh, Jimmy, like I know a lot of people was kind of stressing about that, you know, oh, does Denver have Jimmy figured out, blah, 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 blah. I don't really think it was something like that, but simply more of just him, you know, well, what's what I'm looking for? I just think, I think it was you, Kev, who said it in the chat um, last night, like it was, it was either you or Kay, I don't remember who, but um, one of, it was like Jimmy was just finding himself being too aggressive, well, not too aggressive, but just simply getting himself into the game at a point where, you know, already so much damage had been done. And 
don't know, man. It just seemed like not the ideal night for the Heat. And there's not too much to complain about because we are coming off of a five-game winning streak. So, you know, you got to just move on from this L and go from there. And overall, man, I mean, I feel like I've said it all, basically. Um, I'm going to pass the mic to you, Kevin. How are we feeling about this game against Denver? Yeah, I want to put it into perspective that, as you just touched on, I mean, we had a, a very successful road trip, right? We damn near clean swept it. We literally lost the last game of the road trip. And if we're just being honest, aside from the altitude, Denver's just a tough matchup for us, right? Because mm-hmm. Bam, as great as a defender as he is, Jokic can see over the top of him, right? Because Jokic is a legit seven feet and Bam is like six nine. So he, every single time that Bam is guarding him, he's looking right over the top of him and he still can see the entire floor. And that's the last thing you want to do and give to that guy because he's one of the best playmakers, if not the best playmaker in the NBA. One. Two, in regards to the Jimmy thing, if we're just being honest, kind of the same thing. Aaron Gordon is the ideal matchup that you want to have for a guy like Jimmy Butler. Why? Because Jimmy's game, not majority of it, but a good portion of his game is based off strength and overpowering dudes. And you can't outmuscle Aaron Gordon. You're just not going to. That's not something that he'll give up. So that's where Jimmy got to get into his skill skill bag and hit him with some you know things that he doesn't really show the league in the regular season. But regardless, I just thought it was a sloppy performance. I believe we shot 26% from the three-point line. Nice. That just happened. I know Scary Terry was – bricking everything but i think he'll be i let me not say that i know he'll be better than that so i'm not expecting him to keep doing that because i just know he's a better player jaime made some mistakes some sloppy mistakes caleb had a turnover where he literally tried to dribble in between like three guys and just lost off his feet it was just an ugly game i gotta of course salute the nuggets right mpj had 30 kcp feel like he didn't miss a shot and all in all tough game but hey we were right there in the end too right we had a fighting chance and just couldn't, you know, seal the deal. But, again, you just got to give credit to the Nuggets. That's why they're the reigning NBA champs. Exactly. And I just want to say real quick, because another thing we were talking about before the show, everyone is low-key losing their minds with Terry Rozier, all right? We get it. The dude had four air balls last night. I, I witnessed all of them. And, yeah, it was tough to watch. But we can't just ignore what he was able to do just the game before that. The dude still is new to the team. I don't even – well, now now it's been a whole month since he's been traded to Miami. But you have the fact that he played a few games for the Heat. He then goes down with the injury. And now this is only his second game back since getting hurt. So, you know, obviously it takes time for him to get to 100%. And y'all just got to be patient, bro. Like, Yeah, it, I, I want to say that real quick too because – it takes time to get acclimated, right? We're seeing exactly. it even with our rival right now. Let's be honest. Damian Lillard, it's, it's taking him a long, long time to figure it out in Milwaukee. It was the same thing with the first season when we had the big three, right? It, yep. it takes time. And I'm not even saying it's necessarily to that degree. But, again, Terry's in a situation where he was in Charlotte. He was losing. All he had to do was worry about going to get his 20. Now he's in a winning situation. He has to figure out how to get the ball to guys because he's really our point guard now. He has to figure out where he can get his shots from. He has to figure out the flow of the offense. He has to figure out the defense, right? He has to figure out his whole new coaching staff. So just give it time. Like, y'all got to have patience. Terry Rozier, I promise y'all, is going to be fine. Last night was just an anomaly. He's He'll be better than that. I know for a fact he'll be better than that. Exactly. And, Alex, how about you, man? What's your thoughts? So I think y'all, you guys covered it really well. The fact that that's a tough matchup for us, the fact that – um 
We shot seven to twenty six from the from the three point line, and still we were in the game and had a chance at the end. That gives me a little bit of hope. Um, obviously, with us not having Kevin Love last night at that backup center role, that honestly was a huge hit as well. Obviously, we got guys like Jay Rich and Tyler who missed the game. But how K-Love has been playing over the last stretch of game, coming off the bench, putting up double figures, um, we definitely could have used that. We definitely could have used his floor spacing with that second group last night. But even still, I mean, like it go, always goes back to the fact that, yeah, Denver is a tough matchup for us. But, um, hey, it is what it is. If we if we see them again, other than when they come to Miami, if we see them again in the playoffs, then it would be for a championship again. So I feel like the team that we have now, is hopefully is talent wise better than the one that we went up against with them last year. So it it'll be a different conversation. Right. And I mean, cause that's the thing. I think we can all agree on that. This roster is low key a lot more talented than last year, you know, and it's not a diss to the team that we had last season, but you know, I kind of like the squad we got now. And I mean, you mentioned a good point, Alex, with Kevin Love's injury because you know, and I remember it was Kevin. You were specifically talking about this in one of the um, HVTW React vids we were putting out. And it's the fact that you do need a guy like Kevin Love on this squad. You know, people want to underestimate his value, especially because he's at the part of his career where, you know, he only has so much left to give. But he is still an essential player for this squad. You know, the stuff that he's able to provide for this team is important. So when you have a guy like Kim who's not able to take the floor, and it also doesn't help that a guy like Thomas Bryant was suspended from the game. So if you wanted to get anything from him, you couldn't. So that left you with Orlando Robinson being your um, backup. And no diss to O-Rob because, you know, he still needs some time to develop and everything. But, you know, when you're going up against a team like Denver with guys like a Jokic or guys like a um, Aaron Gordon, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where Bam is, you know, on the bench and that's the guy you have to look at and say, hey, you know, go on the floor and try to guard one of these guys, you know, if it comes down to it. So it was definitely, you know, an unfortunate situation with the way how the entry report and suspensions was working out. But, you know, and you you said it yourself, Alex, I the way how this team looks, I do like the way how we could potentially ma match up with Denver if we are to go back to the finals and face them again, like, Kev, how would you feel about a potential finals rematch? Because I saw some people saying, like, okay, man, we're going to see them again come June. I mean, if we get back to the finals, which I think we will, more than likely that's going to be the team, right? I feel like a lot of people are trying to discount them because, yeah, their bench isn't as strong as it was last year, right? And I think last year was kind of like the perfect remedy. Obviously, they lost Bruce Brown, who was a major part of what they did. But that's still a really good team, right? I know Jamal Murray went down with that ankle injury. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Hope it's not anything too serious. But when you have arguably the best player in the league, when you have some of the best role players in the, in the league, KCP fits them to a T, and KCP impacts winning everywhere he's been in, been at in the league. 
they just have a great combination. And Michael Malone knows what he's doing. It feels like MPJ is only getting better, which I hate to say, but Peyton Watson, shout out to him. He's been playing really well for them this year so far too. So I would love it. Me personally, I think especially because that motivation slash revenge factor was set in. And I think that would be a huge thing that could benefit us. And I know Spoke kind of touched on it. Bam touched on it too in that Bleacher Report article with Chris Haynes. And they were just saying like, yeah, it's hard not to think about it. And when you, when you hear that, it, it motivated me. And so I'm thinking I wouldn't mind it at all. And, and again, like you look at the West, everybody wants to talk about Minnesota and OKC and Dallas and all these teams, but the reigning champs is Denver. And from my perspective, the West still runs through Denver regardless of where they finish at in the standings. Cause I mean, look what they did last year. And I know last year doesn't always translate to this year, but I mean, yeah, they lost some pieces, but they're still a, a machine and they're only going to get better and better as they continue to play games. Right. So I want to ask you, would you take Denver over the Clippers then? Because I know those seem like the two best teams right now when it comes to potentially going to the finals. Yeah, only because the Clippers to me is kind of a worse matchup just because they have two guys that are damn near exactly like Jimmy. That's just the facts of the matter. Between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those guys, yeah, Jimmy's a little bit different, right? I don't think he necessarily goes in the game thinking about scoring like those guys probably do, but all three of those guys are damn near cut from the same exact cloth. And so it's literally like we're walking into a series where we're playing our own selves. They just don't have a band, but they have another version of Jimmy. No, yeah. two versions of Jimmy. So it's like, I don't know. I, I'd much rather see the Nuggets. And I again, I just think, they're both tough matchups, but again, to get to the finals, to win a finals like that, you're going to have to see some tough matchups just like we do in the East already. And again, having a team that you've already faced, that revenge factor would, would be the biggest thing for me. So I'd, I'd much rather see the Clippers, or excuse me, the Nuggets, even though, I mean, Paul George just got hurt. And it sounds like that injury is a lot more serious than people thought it was at first. And I, again, I don't, I don't wish injury on anybody, but sadly, it's just a part of the game of basketball and sports in general. But I'd, I'd take Nuggets in a heartbeat. I mean, I agree because I want to see the Heat get revenge on the team that took him out of the running for that championship. And come on, bro. I just need Jimmy to get his ring, too. So if we got to do it in revenge fashion, by all means, let it happen, bro. Because I've been waiting for this too long now, the second he came to Miami. Like, let's wrap it up this year and let's get this championship. And I want to know, Alex, is there anything that you want to comment on before we move into this next topic? Um, I like, like Kev keeps saying, like, I think the West goes through Denver. Obviously they are the reigning champs, so they should get that respect. But even with them having Kawhi and Paul George, I would definitely rather see, I would rather see the Clippers in the finals than I would rather see, um, Nikola Jokic. Cause that two man game with him and Jamal Murray and how, like we said, him at seven feet with his passing ability and all that being able to um, find guys and spray the ball out and make plays, like, that's just a, a totally different animal to deal with. And I think Spo would be able to have something even better up his sleeve for a Clippers team that we would – that size-wise, we match up with a lot better than looking out there and seeing that our center, who's at 6'9", is basically the same height or even a little bit shorter than the small forward that they have on the on the court in regards to Michael Porter Jr. One of my best friends is a freaking Nuggets fan. This man texted me last night talking about some 
Michael Porter Jr. is the light skinned KD. I almost, <laughs> almost, almost blocked him. Uh, I can't believe he said that. I said Michael Porter Jr. is basically like he's like the really, really good version of Tobias Harris. Like, and that's it. Ain't no freaking light skinned KD. So I had to deal with one of my best friends being on me last night about us losing, but it's all good. On to the next. Mm-hmm. Right. So overall, I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up that topic because we got Kev, you going for the Nuggets, you know, if we got to face them in the finals and then Alex, you pulling more for the Clippers. And I don't want to dwell too much into it because at the end of the day, we still got a long season ahead of us. So that's a great way to end that. And, you know, speaking of like, well, not really the finals, but the playoffs all together, you know, there's always the seeding, right? And one thing that I've seen people touch on is where could the Heat potentially end up in? You know, um, before this game against Denver, they were the five seed. And um, now they're the eighth seed, unfortunately, with the L, because that's how much, what's where I'm looking for? Distance there is between these teams in the standings right now. Like one loss could put you in the eighth seed and maybe one win can put you up in the five seed. Like it's that tight between these teams. And I don't know, when I look at, right now the bracket in the NBA you know there's so much um scenarios you could be in if you get placed into a certain type of seed so I want to know from you guys like how do you guys feel for the heat is there a certain seed you want to see them finish as or would you honestly care for them to face anyone in the eastern conference like it doesn't matter who they're just ready to face them the second they pull up like we'll start off with you Alex um, so right now I got the standings pulled up. So we're we're in eighth, like you said, um, 13 and a half games behind the one seed. But the separator for us to the Knicks, who are the four seed right now, is one and a half games. So basically, every if everybody above us loses two games in a row and we win two games, then we're up to the four seed. So my goal for this team is to get home court advantage. So obviously we had to go through the plan last year. And then on top of that, we lost the first playing game. So we had to play two extra games. Didn't get any type of rest going into that playoff series versus the Bucks. Hopefully we can um, get obviously not being the play in. And then on top of that, um, have home court advantage. So, I mean, I'm looking at it as I think the fourth seed is really gettable for us. So four or five matchup home court in that. And then hopefully we take care of business. And then the next round we'd be up against the, those green people from Boston again. And obviously, I mean, yeah, they're, they're top heavy with the guys that they have, but you know, we got their number. So. I like that because I'm going to be honest with you. That was kind of my concern. If we were to get like the four or five seat, because I know we could beat Denver. I mean, not Denver, New York in the series. My only concern would be like being in the first round and you got to go against a team that can potentially put you in a dogfight, you know? So it's like, I would just prefer if we could just like face a light, a lighter team, you know, some light work, whether if it's a team like Cleveland or even heck a Milwaukee, because we're beating. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Boston, all them other teams, you know, I think we could beat them. But I am not any more confident than I am right now that we could beat a team like the Bucks 
in the first round of the playoffs. Please bring it. The only thing that will hold me back from even wanting that matchup is because I still have a lot of remorse for Dame and what he's going through being in that hellhole of the city. So I don't want to put him through more because the dude already says he feels lonely and all that other stuff. So it would be sad, you know, continuing to push him off the cliff by having the team he wanted to play for, you know, send him home in the first round. So I don't want to be too nasty and have that happen to him as well. But shoot, if you could get like, see that's, and I'm going to say this too, because you did mention home court advantage, Alex. And I'll say this, home court, I, I honestly stopped caring about it after these last two seasons because here was the thing, right? 2022, we get eliminated by Boston and we lost three home games in that series on route to that elimination, you know? So it's like after that, it had me really questioning if this team really needed a home court advantage because it was like all I've heard during that playoff run was like, okay, you know, all these games is in Miami, you know, like the East Loki kind of run through us because we're the number one seed. So for us to lose like three games on our floor like that, that was kind of like a huge gut punch when looking back in that series, you know, aside from the fact that we also lost game seven in Miami. And then going into what we did last year, I mean, we were able to go on that insane run despite having home court advantage for a single series, you know, whether it was not having home court advantage against Milwaukee and beating them in um, their own arena, you know, beating New York, you know, and everyone was talking about Madison Square Garden this, Madison Square Garden that, and, you know, then TD Garden and winning game seven on Boston's home floor too, you know, like those types of things I look at. And it's like, why I do, why I would like to see the Heat have home court advantage because I like to see the fans there and everything. And, you know, there's nothing like, you know, seeing the white hot energy that the Heat always promote come playoff time. I'm just, I've never really cared too much about home court advantage, you know, looking at what Miami has been able to do. So if they get the four or five seed, though, like I'm going to trust them because I know the Heat is a team that doesn't want to duck any smoke. So if they feel like they can handle, if they, well, I know they can handle New York, but if they're down for that dogfight, well, potential dogfight at least, I need to see what more that team can do come playoff time. If they want to take on that potential fight against New York and then go right into it with Boston round two, then I'm all for it, man. But Kev, how about you, though? How do you feel? Yeah, I'm in agreement with both you guys, to be honest. Like, I don't, especially after last year, I don't really care about seeding, bro. It like it is is what it is. We were an eight seed um, in the bubble. I want to say we were, what, a four or five. The year we got to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, in 2022, we were the one. So, like, it's cool. But to me, I don't really care. But if I had a preference, I'm with Alex where I say I'll take that four or five seed and I'd happily play the New York Knicks and get them out the paint real quick and and their fans, you know, dreams, hopes, and all those things. So, I mean, like y'all just said, we're right there. We're only, you know, a few games out. We got two easy games coming up between the Jazz and the Pistons. I know we'll talk about in a second, but you handle business there. You control your own destiny, right? And we're still one of the most trending teams, in my in my opinion, right? Because you're still – getting Nico acclimated to the starting spot. You're still working in Terry Rozier, right? And, of course, this is all without Tyler Hill right now currently. So it's still a lot of moving pieces, and I think depending on how we end out this season, I mean, I think that's going to be a major key to, you know, playoff time and playoff success. But 
oh, no, I don't really care. But if I had to pick one, it'd be somewhere between the four and the five seed. And I think that's probably the most realistic. Right. And, you know, so we summed up all of that. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this remainder of the regular season works out for Miami and seeing where they end up in. But, you know, you mentioned a couple of players, um, Kevin, and guys like Nico and basically what's going on with our rotation. So I do want to ask you guys this because now with, you know, um, Terry coming back and then, you know, you have a guy like DeLon Wright that's in the rotation. And I know some people was kind of worked up after this past game because they're like, oh, you know, why didn't you put him in the game? The dude only played three minutes. You know, we could have probably used him to get a couple of clamps here and there. So I do want to ask you guys, like, what is your ideal rotation for Miami going into, you know, the remainder of the season? Unless you have something specifically for the regular season and then going into the playoffs, because I know some people kind of differs on the situation. But, like, what do you guys would imagine Spo to do come then, you know? Or at least what would be your ideal situation if you were Spo? We'll start off with you, Kevin. Yeah, it's difficult just because of all the injuries, right? And, you know, Spo don't like to make no type of excuses. But, I mean, starting lineup, I think that's pretty much set. Like, I know they're still trying to get Tyler Incorporated, obviously. He'll probably get the job when it, when he gets back, whenever he does get back. But, yeah. to me, I don't really know if I want to roll out Terry and Tyler in the starting backcourt. I think I feel much more comfortable with Duncan there. Just because, I mean, let's be honest, neither one of them are really defensive experts, I guess, if you want to put it. So yeah. you're going to give up something there. But I think starting Terry and starting Duncan, then you bring DeLon and Tyler off the bench. I think mm -hmm. that's an amazing bench unit to have just because those two balance each other out. What Tyler doesn't give you defensively, DeLon does. And what DeLon doesn't give you offensively, Tyler does. And so I think bringing those two off the bench – would be major and again it's probably not going to happen this is just me wishful thinking but to me especially rounding out the rest of the season i would love to just see nico get more and more comfortable in that starting role because let's be honest he's the he's going to be a big feature face of this team and this organization for the foreseeable future right okay. and so him starting just give him all the confidence in the world you possibly can let him take as many shots as he needs to let him bring the ball up let him initiate sets whatever you got to do boost Nico's confidence, right? Because you're going to need him, not just for the future, but especially for this year too, because of the things that he brings you in the different aspects of the game, whether it's posting up, whether it's, you know, catching and shooting in the corner, anything, right? Nico can do a lot of different things. So to me, rotation-wise, again, I would go Terry, Duncan, Jimmy, Nico, Bam. And then again, off the bench, you got DeLon, you got Tyler, you got Caleb, and you got Jaime. I mean, what else can I say right there, right? And especially, too, because we have so many wings, right? We have wings for days that you can throw. We've always <laughs> had wings, but, like, we have wings for days that you can throw at different defenses and offenses, too. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how Spo and the coaching staff organize it all. But I think that starting five, even though the, the key thing, and this is where I wrap up at, the key thing with that starting five, again, even though Duncan and Terry don't give you a lot, defensively they give you a lot offensively and what they don't give up and what they do give up excuse me defensively jimmy can make up for on that end right so you can right. save jimmy a little bit with that so i think that's the key thing for me but other than that 
I mean, I trust Spo, man. Whatever Spo does, I'm I'm always ten toes down with it. He's never failed us before. Why would I change up on him now? Yeah, especially because like I know a lot of people, especially me specifically, has been concerned with like, oh, you know, Tyler being in the lineup, this and that. And I don't know if I feel like if Spo was too concerned about it and really feels like it's going to get in our way of being able to compete for a championship, he would let it be known, you know, because I don't think I feel like there's only so much you can let politics play a role in how you want the team to compete. You know what I'm saying? So if he really feels like there is an issue with Tyler being in that starting lineup, you know, at this point, like we're now what 58, 59 games into the season. If he still wants to try to make it work and he's still out here, you know, tinkering with these lineups, you know, we're now looking at 30 plus lineups we've had this whole year. Um, if he still wants to keep doing that, then by all means, my only hope is that we're able to finally, you know, get it all together, you know, not really deal with the injury bug that much and just finally settle with the lineup. Because I'm not going to lie, like these, I've low-key been pulling up for the same um starting lineup like you, Kev. Like, and we were talking about it in the group chat the other day, you know, having, you know, who was it? Terry in the starting lineup, Duncan, Jimmy, Jovic, and Bam. To me, that's a great starting five to have, especially with a guy who's great on the defensive end, like Delon and Tyler Hero for your um, backcourt in the um, second unit. So I've always been for it, but by all means, if they can find a way to make this work once Tyler comes back, do what you got to do. The only thing is, like, I don't know how much games Tyler expects to miss, but it's like, you got to wonder though, like, will they be able to get into a certain rhythm where once Tyler does make his return, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like now they're in a situation where, okay, they're all here doing their own thing. Like they're cooking right now in the starting lineup. And do you really want to mess it up by changing it somewhat by bringing Tyler back in to replace, you know, a guy like Duncan Robinson. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, Alex, I want to know about you. What's your ideal rotation? <clears throat> um, I feel like it's been it's been known, and I've made it known plenty, where I stand on Tyler, like obviously wanting him to come off the bench. But I know that there is a 100% fact that if Tyler Hero – is available, then Tyler Hero is going to start. Like that's what just what they're gonna do. Mm -hmm. Um so with that being said, I think one of the things in regards to the game last night, one of the things that was a hindrance to being able to have um DeLon Wright get more minutes is because of the fact that DeLon Wright is a guy who likes to get into the paint and with having Orlando Robinson have to play because we didn't have Kevin Love, there was no opportunities for somebody to run the pick and pop with DeLon. So now DeLon's getting into the paint. Now Kevin Love then popped to the top of the key, and now he has an outlet to kick the ball back. So instead of that, we went with a lot of Jaime ran the point guard a little bit, and Caleb ran the point guard with the second group because of the fact that we didn't have that, um, that stretch center. So I'm loving the fact that Jovic is getting the opportunity to start. Um, I am a Jovic stand. I, I mean, 6'10", being able to rebound, push the ball, create openings for guys, and shoot the three, that's a, um, that's a great thing to have as a four beside Bam. 
So my ideal starting five, well, not my ideal one, but the one that I know was going to happen is Terry, Tyler, Jimmy, Jovich, and Bam. And then coming off the bench, depending on the matchups, um, Kevin Love is going to have to play. Jaime is going to have to play. Then it kind of sort of gets a little dicey in regards to whether the line is going to get minutes or Jay or a guy like Jay Ridge. Obviously, Duncan has to play. So I think we're going to end up being around like eight, nine deep. And then whoever that ninth guy is will just depend on the way the the way the wind is flowing and and how Spo either if he woke up rolling out the bed on the right side or the left side. That's just mm-hmm. what it is at this point with all the guys that we have who are serviceable and can make an impact. Right. And I mean, we're it's a great situation to be in because, you know, like you mentioned, you know, guys like a Josh Richardson and who, you know, we don't know how much minutes he could potentially get when he comes back. So, you know, the fact that you could even try to put him in the game every now and then, you know, I know a lot of people had their concerns about him, but he was then starting to, you know, get it together, you know, especially these few games before he got hurt. Hopefully he can keep it going eventually once he comes back. Um, then you have a guy like Haywood Highsmith, who, in my opinion, would be more of a situational type player, you know, a type of guy that you would count on to, you know, go in there and be there when the team needs him the most, especially because, you know, I would make the joke that he could maybe use for a potential series against the Celtics, you know, like that's the guy you could count on to maybe get a couple stops on a Jason Tatum. So to have a guy like him on your team as well and some other weapons that you could throw in here and there and to kind of mess with what the opposing coach is trying to cook up, by all means, like this is a great situation for Miami to be in. So, you know, it'll be great to see what Spoh is able to come up with. And, you know, I just want to see everyone healthy because I feel like we just need to see what the squad is able to do once all 15 players are good to go. Because there's so many different ways we can go with this rotation. So overall, these next few weeks are going to be fun because once the squad is able to get it together and we're not seeing much names on the injury report, that's when we're going to see, you know, what this team is really about and what moves Bo will have to make come playoff time to really get the best out of the squad. So, you know, before we wrap up today's episode, because we've already talked about a lot. Um, let's dive into this upcoming game against Utah. Um, I just want to know from y'all, like, what's y'all's expectations for this one? We'll start off with you, Alex. Expectations against the Jazz to win. I mean, yeah. they're not a not the best team. Let me look real quick. Where are they at? They what? They're so they're eleven seed, mm-hmm. and obviously, um, Laurie marking in at that at seven foot playing a three four. Could obviously give us a little, give us some problems depending on who we have matched up with them. But um, I'm not really worried about their guard play. Obviously, Colin Sexton is um, is a guy who can play tough and everything. But I think um, that after the game, that even even though Terry still had 19, but he didn't shoot that well, I think Terry's going to come out and have a really good game um, this upcoming game. So. I'm not really worried about that jazz game. I feel like that's a that's when we can already count the win column. Exactly. And I mean it was Kev that mentioned earlier. You got this game and then that game against Detroit too. Like 
those are two easy ones that you should easily take and, you know, hopefully move up the standings depending on what other teams do. But I'm going to ask you anyways, Kev, what's your expectations for this game? It's the same thing I was just said, bro. Just get, just handle business. Win, figure it out, right? Again, I'd love to see Terry be aggressive, right? Put that last game in Denver behind you. Have that selective amnesia. Put up as many shots as you see fit. Make the right reads. If the pick and roll is open, hit the roller, right? If they're dropping off you, shoot it, right? Don't overthink it. Like, mm-hmm. And so same thing goes for Nico, too, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Try and get him involved as many ways as possible, right? You want you want to see him get up shots because I promise y'all, his shooting might end up being damn near as important as Duncan shooting. Like, that's just the facts of the matter. I don't think it will necessarily this year, but I think if we want to get to where we want to, Nico's shooting is going to have something to do with that. And so I want to see that. And the rest of the guys, like, we already know for the most part, right? We know what we're going to get from Jimmy. We know what Bam's going to do. Like, so I'm not to worry about that. But most importantly, it's just about handling business, stacking up wins, and, you know, not necessarily avoiding the playing, but, I mean, you might as well, right? You don't want to play extra games like Alex said earlier. You don't want to play extra games for no reason. So just handle business, bro, and, and beat a Jazz team that just isn't good right now because they're in rebuild mode. Exactly. So – I mean, we basically summed it up, man. Let's go get this win tomorrow. Well, afternoon, I think it is. I think it's an early game. But I mean, five yeah. p.m. Oh, wait, is it five p.m. your time or? Yeah, five p.m. Eastern. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I be forget. We got too much people on different coasts. So I be forgetting <laughs> what some people live in. You good? You good? I, I, man. But like, so five p.m. game tomorrow. Let's go get this win. Let's keep it going. And aside from that, y'all, man, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Heat vs. the World. Uh, make sure to follow Kev on Twitter at KevoMufasa7. That's two O's in Kevo. Make sure to follow Alex on Twitter at underscore CoachLewis1. Me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And make sure to follow Heat vs. the World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're listening to this pod from there. And aside from that, man, we got a great set of content heading your way. Key vs. the World, Biscayne Breakdown, uh, HVTW Reacts. You can check Kev out for a new episode very soon, so be on the lookout. And we're just going to keep it going. So let's go Heat, let's get these wins, and let's go get a championship. Aside from that, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.